Chapter One, Joseph, Part Six of the Legends of the Jews, Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Legends of the Jews, Volume Two, by Rabbi Louis Ginsburg. Joseph, the slave of Potiphar. When Joseph was sold as a slave to the Ishmaelites, he kept silent out of respect for his brethren, and did not tell his masters that he was the son of Jacob, a great and powerful man. Even when he came to the Midianites with the Ishmaelites, and the former asked after his parentage, he still said he was a slave, only in order not to put his brethren to shame. But the most distinguished of the Midianites rebuked Joseph, saying, Thou art no slave, thy appearance betrayeth thee and he threatened him with death unless he acknowledged the truth. Joseph, however, was steadfast. He would not act treacherously toward his brethren. Arrived in Egypt, the owners of Joseph could come to no agreement regarding him. Each desired to have sole and exclusive possession of him. They therefore decided to leave him with a shopkeeper until they should come back to Egypt again with their merchandise. And God let Joseph find grace in the sight of the shopkeeper. All that he had, his whole house, he put into Joseph's hand, and therefore the Lord blessed him with much silver and gold, and Joseph remained with him for three months and five days. At that time there came from Memphis the wife of Potiphar, and she cast her eyes upon Joseph, of whose comeliness of person she had heard from the eunuchs. She told her husband how that a certain shopkeeper had grown rich through a young Hebrew, and she added, But it is said that the youth was stolen away out of the land of Canaan. Go therefore and sit in judgment upon his owner, and take the youth into thy house that the God of the Hebrews may bless thee, for the grace of heaven rests upon the youth. Potiphar summoned the shopkeeper, and when he appeared before him, he spoke harshly to him, saying, What is this I hear, that thou stealest souls from the land of Canaan, and dost carry on traffic with them? The shopkeeper protested his innocence, and he could not be made to recede from his assertion that a company of Ishmaelites had left Joseph in his charge temporarily, until they should return. Potiphar had him stripped naked and beaten, but he continued to reiterate the same statement. Then Potiphar summoned Joseph. The youth prostrated himself before this chief of the eunuchs, for he was third in the rank of the officers of Pharaoh. And he addressed Joseph, and said, Art thou a slave, or a free-born man? And Joseph replied, A slave. Potiphar continued to question him, Whose slave art thou? Joseph, I belong to the Ishmaelites. Potiphar, how wast thou made a slave? Joseph, they bought me in the land of Canaan. But Potiphar refused to give credence to what he said, and he also had him stripped and beaten. The wife of Potiphar, standing by the door, saw how Joseph was abused, and she sent word to her husband, Thy verdict is unjust, for thou punishest the free-born youth that was stolen away from his place, as though he were the one that had committed a crime. As Joseph held firmly to what he had said, Potiphar ordered him to prison, until his master should return. In her sinful longing for him, his wife wanted to have Joseph in her own house, and she remonstrated with her husband in these words, Wherefore dost thou keep the captive, nobly born slave, a prisoner? Thou shouldst rather set him at liberty, and have him serve thee. He answered, The law of the Egyptians does not permit us to take what belongs to another before all titles are made clear. And Joseph stayed in prison for twenty-four days, until the return of the Ishmaelites to Egypt. Meanwhile they had heard somewhere that Joseph was the son of Jacob, and they therefore said to him, Why didst thou pretend that thou wast a slave? See, we have information that thou art the son of a powerful man in Canaan, and thy father mourns for thee in sackcloth. 
Joseph was on the point of divulging his secret, but he kept a check upon himself for the sake of his brethren, and he repeated that he was a slave. Nevertheless the Ishmaelites decided to sell him, that he not be found in their hands, for they feared the revenge of Jacob, who they knew was in high favor with the Lord and with men. The shopkeeper begged the Ishmaelites to rescue him from the legal prosecution of Potiphar, and clear him of the suspicion of man-theft. The Ishmaelites in turn had a conference with Joseph, and bade him testify before Potiphar that they had bought him for money. He did so, and the chief of the eunuchs liberated him from prison, and dismissed all parties concerned. With the permission of her husband, Potiphar's wife sent a eunuch to the Ishmaelites, bidding him to buy Joseph, but he returned and reported that they demanded an exorbitant price for the slave. She dispatched a second eunuch, charging him to conclude the bargain, and though they asked one mina of gold, or even two, he was not to be sparing of money. He was to be sure to buy the slave and bring him to her. The eunuch gave the Ishmaelites eighty pieces of gold for Joseph, telling his mistress, however, that he had paid out a hundred pieces. Joseph noticed the deception, but he kept silent, that the eunuch might not be put to shame. Thus Joseph became the slave of the idolatrous priest Potiphar, or Potiphera, as he was sometimes called. He had secured possession of the handsome youth for a lewd purpose, but the angel Gabriel mutilated him in such a manner that he could not accomplish it. His master soon had occasion to notice that Joseph was as pious as he was beautiful, for whenever he was occupied with his ministrations, he would whisper a prayer, O Lord of the world, thou art my trust, thou art my protection. Let me find grace and favor in thy sight, and in the sight of all that see me, and in the sight of my master, Potiphar. When Potiphar noticed the movement of his lips, he said to Joseph, Dost thou purpose to cast a spell upon me? Nay, replied the youth, I am beseeching God to let me find favor in thine eyes. His prayer was heard. Potiphar convinced himself that God was with Joseph. Sometimes he would make a test of Joseph's miraculous powers. If he brought him a glass of hypocrisy, he would say, I would rather have wine mixed with absinthe, and straightway the spiced wine was changed into bitter wine. Whatever he desired he could be sure to get from Joseph, and he saw clearly that God fulfilled the wishes of his slave. Therefore he put all the keys of his house into his hand, and he knew not aught that was with him, keeping back nothing from Joseph but his wife. Seeing that the Shekinah rested upon him, Potiphar treated Joseph not as a slave, but as a member of his family, for he said, This youth is not cut out for a slave's work. He is worthy of a prince's place. Accordingly he provided instruction for him in the arts, and ordered him to have better fare than the other slaves. Joseph thanked God for his new and happy state. He prayed, Blessed art thou, O Lord, that thou hast caused me to forget my father's house. What made his present fortune so agreeable was that he was removed from the envy and jealousy of his brethren. He said, When I was in my father's house, and he gave me something pretty, my brethren begrudged me the present, and now, O Lord, I thank thee that I live amid plenty. Free from anxieties, he turned his attention to his external appearance. He painted his eyes, dressed his hair, and aimed to be elegant in his walk. But God spake to him, saying, Thy father is mourning in sackcloth and ashes, while thou dost eat, drink, and dress thy hair. Therefore I will stir up thy mistress against thee, and thou shalt be embarrassed. Thus Joseph's secret wish was fulfilled, that he might be permitted to prove his piety under temptation, as the piety of his fathers had been tested. End of chapter 1, part 6